0: Hello.
1: Welcome back to Mitch and Grant Kaleidoscope Podcast.
0: Yeah. Episode 8. It's been a while. Took a bit of a hiatus. Had some things
1: to do. But we're back. We're back. And we're back. We're stronger than ever. And we want to have a little shout out to our huge number of followers. Two. Two. From the great nation of the Russian Federation and the very small half nation of Hong Kong. (laughs) And you guys are not overlooked. So we, so we appreciate your your dedicated yeah respect of respect. our podcast y'all motherfuckers are real we're gonna assume you're true that you're the two of the four views our last podcast got over the <laughs> last over the last two months hold up now we got five views on that last one now fuck that was probably you that probably was <laughs> that
0: probably was me
1: But oh, shit we're just gonna keep on talking out here into the into the nowhere and hoping that Another person will watch this by the end of the month. With any luck. Yep. Alright. Today, what are we going over? What are we talking about? I figured we were going to talk about something called the Uncanny Valley. Which is a philosophical concept. Which basically states that when something is obviously not human. But it tries to act like a human we think it's cute. So things like anime or dogs or little robots that roll around on the floor that have stupid little faces on them, we think that's cute. But then as the robot starts to look more and more human, it gets to a point where it doesn't look like a robot trying to be a human, but it looks like a human doing a terrible job at being a human. And that's called the uncanny valley, because on either side of that valley... We feel comfortable. It's either a human or it's obviously not a human, but there's this weird area in the middle, and we were going to try to talk about why that might be, and then by talking about that, hopefully, stem off onto some other topics. Right. And one of the really interesting things about that, for possible reasons, and there's several several reasons, but one of them is um, mate selection. So your brain sees that weird-looking robot as a human, and so it, it sees it as a strange-acting human, and a human that you probably would not want to mate with because they don't have good DNA and probably have hormonal imbalances. And so there's also other issues like cognitive dissonance where you see something, that takes up two categories at once and challenges your presuppositions. so it looks like a human, but it's not really a human, and it breaks down our identity of being human itself, right? I don't know. What do you think about that? Let's get some of your input.
0: My input.
1: I feel like those videos are fucking weird. That's what I feel like. What videos? I mean, the
0: ones where they look all realistic is fucking creepy as hell. I mean, I think that's what you're talking about. That line. Mm-hmm. There's that line, you know, where we've we've reached sort of a, a pinnacle where it's, it's almost capable. You know, to to have these machines that look so human-like. And I think as technology progresses that they will act closer to human human nature. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know. I think we touched on this a little bit before with AI, yeah. which was a while ago. It's a little different, though.
1: Well, see, people's concept of AI is like a human replica robot. But I don't, I don't see AI as something so reflective of a human. I mean, that's one goal it might seek. But the thing is that we already have AI. I mean, that's what Amazon Alexa is. That's what Apple's Siri is. I mean, that's even what um, text recognition is. Where you can scan a handwritten document and it can be converted into a text document. You know I mean that that utilizes artificial neural networks, just to undergo a process like that. Right. So. There's really there's really not that far off. It's just a matter of time.
0: Yeah. Well, what do you think in terms in terms of these entities, these androids or whatever that sort of fit into that uncanny valley uh, description? What do you think uh, they'll be primarily utilized for?
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> probably the same thing that 80% of internet traffic goes to.
0: Okay. Fucking.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the number one human desires. And it has actually monetarily led to the development of the internet more than any other single thing. Maybe not, maybe not more money has been on that than all other things combined, but more than any other contributing factor, pornography is definitely contributed to it more so and i'm sure you've heard the 70 80 percent quotes i don't know if those are true i've never actually researched them but
0: i don't know but it definitely fucking sounds like it like like i was telling you before we started i saw this this guy uh, i don't know his name but he is an ai you know he's he's a developer of these dolls and they look you know extremely realistic uh but he takes it a step further they don't they don't just look it you know, they are freakishly realistic. And he has actually coded them. Like his, so his whole mission statement was, you know, look, I love my wife. I'm I'm happily married. But the reality is, as you get older, you know, your priorities shift. I still love her. I still want to be with her. I'm still committed to her. I don't want to step outside of my marriage. But, you know, look, I got to get a nut off. So, uh." he started developing these uh, fucking robots or whatever. And the funny part is, is he's sort of the the designer of all this stuff aesthetically and, you know, functionally, but his wife actually codes all this shit for him, which is fucking crazy. Like, she's down. She's like, yeah, yeah, it's healthy, you know? And I think it's a great supplement to a relationship. It is really interesting But what was really interesting about this is she would code it. He would create it. He was like an engineer, and she was sort of a coder or whatever, programmer. And there are... (laughs) It's fucking crazy. There are little uh, receptors inside of the orifices of this uh, entity where when you stick your dick into it, it'll, it'll... engage certain dialogues like when you first put it in it knows that this is the entry and it will it will comment upon okay like oh yeah yeah you know like that you're just starting to fuck it yeah and then as you start to thrust harder it can actually f- feel the power so it knows that you're starting to ramp up it'll comment on that too and then it even has um, technology inside of it to where it warms up as you continue to fuck it so it's just like it would be like fucking an actual hole It's also designed uh, to suck a dick, which is just, to me, extremely impressive.
1: I mean, that's a very difficult articulation and movement.
0: Yeah. For that to be realistic. He's, he's, she's coded it somehow to know how to say all this shit as it's like, and it like swivels its weird tongue to (laughs) to suck your dick, I guess. And, And it has little, uh, receivers in it and it makes certain noises and like gagging sounds and shit as it sucks your dick which is fucking bananas he loves his shit he has so fucking many of them everywhere and she's she's just totally down she thinks it's great uh, thinks it's healthy for their marriage and they're both really happy and he's been selling the fuck out of them they're making crazy money off this shit so that's sort of my perspective on it honestly like primarily I see that happening you know I could also see them taking a role in in it's like a weird uh in in a weird avenue in terms of uh like service industries and shit mm-hmm. like i feel like the natural progression i feel like you'd always have to have human management of say like a panera bread right you have a human manager to oversee any technological flaws or mishaps but ultimately a machine would be responsible of like going through an algorithm of, okay, it wants mayonnaise. Want, you want man, mayonnaise, you want mustard, you want this, you want that. And it makes it for you. I could totally see that, right? Mm-hmm. But I could also see a human a human manager of, of this process and then just a series, like an algorithm and a, and a machine creating the food itself. But I could see some weird, like Uncanny Valley fucking Android shit running the front desk.
1: I could see that to give almost like yeah. a human touch, basic in personal interactions. Yes, I mean the same thing is happening like with Tinder bots. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's some robots on Tinder that are are so well articulated that it's you crazy. Can, you can talk to them for ten messages before you realize it's what's happened going to me. On. It's yeah. straight up happened. like
0: motherfucker. Are yeah. you, what?
1: It's really good. It is good. People spend a lot of time programming those things. Yeah, they
0: they come a long
1: way because when I first started using Tinder way back it was obvious
0: yeah it was immediately obvious what was a bot and what wasn't now mm-hmm. it's it's a little harder to tell that's crazy but yeah I think it's primarily sexual this whole endeavor yeah. is primarily sexual you know th- anything that involves I mean it's trying to replicate humanity as you mm-hmm. said there's this huge distinguishing factor between this and AI because AI is more I feel it's it's less sexual and AI in general is more of a uh, a crutch for mankind it just makes things easier mm-hmm. for mankind that that's all yeah but this shit is more of a supplement it's rather a, a replacement almost for that human touch i mean you see these little documentaries all the time we laugh at it but truthfully there are a lot of people who have these you know these fucking sex dolls and whatever and, and i get it i personally could never really go down the avenue but i understand it where they're saying you know look i want personal touch and intimacy without vulnerability and commitment you know i get it yeah. and and so i think that that's sort of the huge road ahead for this
1: i feel like that that vulnerability and the risk that comes along with it
0: mm-hmm.
1: is a lot of what makes people enjoy it so much like I, I will quote an anonymous friend of mine that <laughs> when we were talking about this about all these these robots in the Uncanny Valley, he's just like, I just want to fuck a robot and not feel empty inside. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you would. I mean, that's what I imagined. Let, no matter how well-behaved they are, let's say they act just like a human. Like, have you seen Ex Machina, that movie?
0: No, but I've heard it's really good.
1: So there's this... There's a robot in there, this hot Asian girl, and you have no idea she's a robot until the very end because she's so well-behaved checks just like a person but it's like even if you have a robot that is so well behaved one sec it's... i realize
0: you just totally spoiled that for our two listeners
1: well <laughs> i actually didn't spoil the movie you can okay. still watch the movie sorry two and, listeners and be, and be surprised if you decide to watch <laughs> anyway the <movie>. go ahead <laughs> but even if you had one that was perfectly human in the back of your mind, when you're fucking them, you gotta think, "Oh God, I'm fucking a robot. What have I done with my life?" Like this is not. Does it
0: fuck you up? Like, do you think like you can't come as a result? Like, it's hard. I mean, to if nut. you can
1: focus on only the physical and visual sensations, you could. Do you think you'd be able to? I can't. My my mind is is too unpredictable. You it, can or can't. I couldn't. It would go. It would go somewhere. It'd be like, what the fuck am I doing? Start overanalyzing it. I'd be okay if I if I thought about it as a joke Mm -hmm. while I was doing it and and just started laughing about it to myself. That would be okay. (laughs) That just sounds like a fucking insane like back alley bum. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's It's like like, funny. But if you if you started doing it like every day, and let's say you've been doing it every day for a year, and then let let's say you do it every day from when you're twenty until you're forty, and now you're forty and you've you've never had sex with any woman for twenty years. You've just had this perfect robot. At some point it's gotta creep up on you and you've gotta just be like, Oh God, a have wasted my life. You know? Because yeah. it's just it's not the same. You there's not the risk there, there's not the vulnerability of a real person that can play with your emotions and give you an S T D, you know? It's like the the best part of it. It's unpredictable. <laughs>
0: yeah. Reminds me of this guy. Dave Cat, saw like a documentary on this dude. This guy, you know, that's his wife. Like he's fucking a whole interview, man. Did a whole documentary on this dude. He's serious about that shit. Like that is legitimately his his wife. He's, he's not fucking playing this dude.
1: He doesn't look very healthy.
0: I mean, he fucks a doll, dude. <laughs> he's married to a doll. What is you... that
1: the doll in the middle? I believe that's his wife. Yeah, her. Oh, that's the doll. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't look very human.
0: Well, maybe that's all he could afford. Shit, it's probably expensive as fuck, man.
1: Yeah, I bet it is. Why did he give it purple hair?
0: That that's what uh, he was mentioning. By the way, Lars, Lars and the. Real,
1: this That's actually a really great movie. Uh-huh. That would creep me out. That's that. I think that robot is in the Uncanny Valley. This one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Watch this movie you get the chance it's 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 fantastic it's really good saw this shit years ago
1: I don't know why oh no it's not it's not even real enough it looks like a Barbie doll
0: yeah and that's an old movie though I mean it's like 10 years old
1: oh okay I was gonna say they have them looking realer than that now. Yeah, that's what the the fuck. That's the most. That's the the picture. No way, dude. No, if you go to the Wikipedia article, the Uncanny Valley. That's the picture they have on there.
0: Yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah, that's absolutely. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) That's.
1: That's a good one.
0: Okay, that's fucking terrifying. Whoa. Yeah, it's it's some crazy shit, man. But I, you know. <laughs> Wait, what was that one?
1: This? No, the other one. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like the classic that sex is? doll, the inflatable ones.
0: I don't know. Oh. I, I could personally do it. You know, more power to you if y'all want to fuck dolls and stuff. Like, uh, like I said, I get it. I understand. I do. But it's just not. I mean, I don't want to be this guy. It's
1: not at that level yet. They need another. I
0: just, to be honest, I think it's mentally unhealthy because uh, vulnerability and, and, you know, risk is a part of being human. Yeah. You know, like, a, yes, I get why they, they're doing it to avoid being vulnerable, to, to avoid being hurt. Love is, uh, is a dangerous game sometimes, it's, it's arduous and painful, but those processes are crucial to human growth. And if you don't have them, and you avert your risk averse your entire fucking life, which I've indicated numerous times throughout these podcasts, that I know way too many people that fit in that box, where you there is no re- re- uh, risk and thus there is no reward. You gain nothing. You never grow. Earlier, when I was telling you about the fucking UFC game I play, where you know I take nothing from the wins. Every time I win and demolish someone, I don't learn anything. It's the same. You know, it's when I get my ass handed to me. I'm like, oh shit, I got fucked up. It makes me reanalyze and, and figure out what I did wrong. And it's similar in this, you know, where you're, if you're fucking a doll and you don't have to worry about uh, compromise or trying to, you know, work with someone, compromise with someone, live with someone, go around certain issues and, and try to delegate and be diplomatic, then. You just get to be unhinged all the fucking time, and you're more or less a hedonist at that point. And then you're you start to incorporate more selfish behavior. You never really evolve if that's the case. I feel. Yeah. So I think I understand entirely why people go down this avenue, but I think it's a very mentally unhealthy. And frankly, it's either out of selfishness, or selfishness, or or more accurately, I would imagine fear. fear. Fear is the big factor here. People who are, you know, people who've never really had an actual relationship, and they're, they're, they're scared, or they, or rather, a, a place of ignorance. They've never had one, and they perhaps they want one, and they feel, especially, you know, maybe if they're unattractive, or and or if they're socially inept, they gravitate towards uh, things like this. I still don't think it's it's really beneficial to you in the long run. Now, yeah. I think the guy who's married and like just nuts in one of these once in a while, I think he's got the right idea. You know, I think it's good. I think it's ideal that you and your mate have a similar sex drive. But you know, maybe they did it one time. They've been married for twenty years, and then you know everything else works, but the sexual yeah. part, as it is, is evenly matched. So I think that is the probably the best usage for something like this, sexually yeah. at least.
1: Yeah, it's not something you'd want to use as a. It's not something you'd want to do when you're young. It's something like in a situation like yeah. you described where you're yeah. married, you have the pragmatic situation of a relationship figured out and this is just purely for sexual. But if you're using it as a distraction from the pragmatic part of life, of actually building a relationship, then that's that's a whole different problem. Well, absolutely. And you know, you see it all the time. Like,
0: have you ever heard of this shit? Waifu. You ever seen this shit? Hmm. You've never heard of waifu? Okay, this is like a very crude version. So this shit is for real. I mean, it looks like a joke. Seriously, there are these—you know—it's part of Japanese culture, but I would say more accurately, or at least it, my understanding of it, um, there are a lot of, of the Western world does this as well, where it's typically young men that have difficulty socializing or difficulty finding a mate. And they, you know, love anime or something like that. You know, it's uh, I think it's a kawaii, which is like, oh, it's cute in Japanese. It's like yeah. cute shit. Well, they'll sort of become obsessed or infatuated with a, an anime character, and they'll have a fucking body pillow of it, and that's their waifu, their wife, their their lover. You know, and they sleep with it every night. I mean, they'll bring that shit in public places. You know, like this really? dweeb. I'm serious.
1: Wait, go back. Look at that fucking dude this guy no before yeah right there yeah. no 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 other one right left right there this guy just, oh my god
0: it's so like that's the kind of guy I would see you know he, with a he waifu. doesn't look so healthy no he's <laughs> fat as hell you know so the, here you got some fedora dork wearing two fedoras with a fucking waifu you know waifu <laughs> yeah you get the point no this guy has got the right idea <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing that shit Anyway, yeah, you see what I'm saying? So, I think that there's a very, uh, I'm not going to say, oh, this is the future. That's a bold claim. I don't necessarily believe that. But I do think it will become more largely integrated into culture, sexual culture, romantic culture, because people, I think you know well enough, even, you know, you're younger than me, but you ain't, you're younger than me, but you're still relatively a part of the same generation, and you know this firsthand. I know that you do cuz we've discussed this many times where you see how bad uh how badly people of your age demographic socialize. Of my own as well and I'm a few years older, but still their socialization skills are fucking horrid.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, but it's weird because they're they're socialized in a way that they're well socialized amongst each other. They seem to be anyway from an outside observer if you couldn't hear what they're saying. But it's like as soon as you join in one of the conversations with some people, there's just nothing. There's nothing there. And some people, there really really is nothing there as far as the conversation. Like I went to a bar with some of my friends the other day, or one of my friends and two of his friends. And one of his friends, in the middle of a conversation between the four of us, would pull out his phone. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, sometimes you got to pull out your phone. But he starts just watching Snapchat stories. And he'll watch someone's Snapchat story and then go to the next person and watch all their stories and then go to the next person and watch all their stories and then go to the next person. And he does this for like five minutes. So he go- can't
0: just live in this moment yeah. and, and have go- this...
1: So he goes through his entire friends list, right? Re- looks at all their Snapchat stories and then what does he do? He takes out his phone and we're at this bar, they have some live music and he starts recording the live music and posts it to his story. Wow. I mean, I don't, what do you think about
0: that? Well, it, I don't it, know what to make of that. I mean, what it reminds me of is every time you go to a concert, everyone's on their fucking phone. It's like, this crazy yeah. moment, this incredible moment is happening right before your eyes. You're yeah. seeing something that, to you know, to me, when I see a lot of these musicians, it's like, it's important to me. I, I love this shit. I grew up on the shit. It means something to me. It's valuable to me. It's a, a precious moment. And I'm sharing it with people who also are passionate about it. And I think that's, great i love that i love that feeling that everyone is there tons of people are there for the same cause and feel the same way and all of them are you know they're in their fucking phone like rather than just reveling in this moment they have to it's not about experiencing what it should be about is the experience and the innate feeling that you get from living it yeah from having it it's kind of like you know tomorrow i told you i'm going hiking it's kinda of like hiking up that big tall fucking it's the feeling that you get, the sense of accomplishment, the the sense of elation, whatever whatever feeling that you get personal to you. But instead, it's sorta of kinda of like, well, I'll just helicopter to the top and then take a fucking picture of yeah. it. I'm doing it for the gram. And yeah. that's the culture we live in. You know, it's doing it for the gram. You're not you're not really doing it for the feeling, for the elation, for the pride, for the accomplishment. You just do it to show out. Yeah. We live in this culture. It's sorta of like my you know a lot of my fucking friends and relatives and shit, like everything they do, they do that shit for the gram. They want it. They either, my friends and relatives fall into two camps. And I think this is indicative of our culture in general, completely averse entirely to all forms of communication. And they're more or less fucking Hermans who are socially retarded, uh, which leads into the waifu fucks. And then there's a whole different set of people who do not apply to this unc- Uncanny Valley conversation like this young man that you're talking about and uh, the people I'm talking about at the concert where they're not there to feel that feel. They're there to record that moment, post it, so they can show off a part of their life to have a sense of validation from their peers. That's what that is. That Snapchat story you're saying you don't understand it, that's why. he's not. He's not that guy isn't there to have a conversation with you. That guy is not there to have a good time. That guy is there to show everyone else he knows in the online community that are his actual friends, he, quote unquote, that he has a good that time. he has a life, that he has yeah. a social life, that he is doing something. And then the people who do so there's those people who have connections in some form or another to varying extents. Those people want to indicate that they indeed have a life, and you would not believe. We uh, you know, my buddy was talking about this girl, uh, you know, a friend of his of his wife's, and he was talking about her Instagram, and you know I know her, uh, and she she doesn't really have a life, you know she lives or rather lived with him and his wife, you know just fucking had nothing going on in her life whatsoever. Like it's pretty it's pretty minuscule and and nothing that anyone would pretty, be particularly proud of. Yet uh, he said that she would get dressed up to the fucking fullest extent and just go out in the middle of nowhere, just take pictures and post them on fucking Instagram. You I know, mean, it's for the validation and and you know, not that it's a popular, not that I missed her fucking popularity or anything, but almost no one would comment on the pictures. Uh, and if they did, it was you know his wife, the same person that she took the pictures with, or mm-hmm. no one would view them or like them. And what it is is it's sort of like. Yelling in a fucking echo chamber by yourself, love me, love yeah. me! That's the culture we live in. So the people who have friends or connections of some sort, uh, anything, they go they reach out to these social uh, media programs because they they want that sense of validation. they want to feel loved and needed. And those who don't either do not have those resources, those connections, those people, anyone to really give a fuck. Um, or feel lonely or isolated to a more severe extent, because that's I mean that, that's the waifu fuckers.
1: Is what yeah, I'm saying. I always felt like if if you're going to go have an experience and you're with people, the people you're with are the ones you want to share the experience with. You know, like when you're when you're sharing something on Instagram, you're wanting people to see what you're doing, right? But you don't know any of those people really. But the people you're with. Hopefully, are the ones that you know, and more than anyone else. Those are the ones that you'd want to know that you're doing something like this. You know, no, they don't care. you your um you're a body, right?
0: That's it. Mm-hmm. What you are, you're a prop. What it shows is it it indicates that this individual, whoever you're talking about, has a life, knows people, has friends. You know, and then people who are in a in a lesser situation, people who are lesser socialized, less socialized, less uh, apt in that, you know, avenue in life, they look at it they're like, oh, such and such has a life, like the girl I'm talking about. she, I know her personally. She does not have a life. She doesn't do anything, okay? She is, by all definitions, frankly, a loser, you know, by in many respects, but, she, you know, according to her, according to the gram, she's a fucking rock star. And, you know... A lot of people are like that. Really, what it boils down to—we're a very—I've said this a thousand times, and I and I'll believe it till the day I die. Likely, sadly, is we have more tools than ever. You know, we—we're talking about our fucking buddy. The motherfucker lives in China, yet we have the technology to communicate with him at the drop of a dime, which is incredible. Yeah, when you think about it. It's
1: unbelievable, and it's something to be grateful for. Especially if you if you think about the engineering that goes into it. I it's, mean, it's
0: it's unbelievable. It's incredible that we're capable of that.
1: You know, you know how we actually can communicate with them. Fuck no, there's, magic. No, there's there's undersea fiber optic cables laying in the bottom of the Pacific That's Ocean.
0: Fucking crazy! I didn't even know that. That's yeah. fucking crazy.
1: So because satellite communications, the bandwidth is too restricted. So most of the um, international internet communications is through undersea cables, and there's literally thousands of cables for see, redundancy
0: see what I'm saying I bet I bet our two listeners yeah. didn't even know that shit that's yeah. fucking
1: amazing so when you when you send a message on WeChat it gets sent to a cell tower which goes down into a fiber optic cable which goes to a distribution that center that fast too probably in Atlanta somewhere and then, then it gets redistributed from there that's out to so a crazy. distribution center in Phoenix probably and then one to LA and then it probably gets sent to one out to like Honolulu too. and then it gets yeah and then it goes through servers every time and computers that never fuck up How often do you send a message on WeChat and it says it didn't go through and you have to resend it? It's pretty rare. Yeah, so the computers don't fuck up. They get it right. And then they send it to them. And then (laughs) it goes to a cell tower in China. And it finds Brad's phone and it pops up on his phone and he can read it.
0: Yeah, that's fucking amazing. And that's what I'm saying. You know, we have all this technology, all this capability to connect. We can get a fucking steel motherfucking planes and fly across the world. Yeah, To, to see the dude, to go yeah. anywhere, to do anything. To the to other side anyone. of the
1: world in, in less than 24 hours. It's
0: fucking amazing. Yet, yet, ironically, we are more fucking destitute, alone, and depressed than we've ever been. Yeah. I, I can tell you with absolute confidence that more or less almost every single friend or or very close relative that I have is achingly depressed. They all have the same problem. They're terribly alone, and they
1: feel like they're the only one. There's this huge sense of loneliness, but for some reason, as we become more and more connected, that loneliness gets intensified. Yeah. They've actually done studies where they found that what determines loneliness actually has no correlation with the number of friends you have. It has to do with the number of actual quality friendships you have, and most people have zero of those.
0: Yeah. I I 100% believe that. Yeah. I do. Because... What has happened is, you know, when I grew up, it, again, I'm not that far. I'm 29, but, you know, the friendships I have, I don't have a lot of friends. I never claim to. I don't particularly want to. But the ones I have, the friendships I have, though many may be flawed, are, they run deep. They, they, they've been around for a long time, and even ones that are more current, like with you, are more, much more substantial, and deep rooted than most friendships are, you know, in in the average person's life. They're they're flimsy and thin. There's nothing to them. They they're they're just skin deep. These people a lot of these people like the guy you're talking about, you know, they hang out in a crowd. They don't really have anything to say. No one really does. Because they're too fucking distracted. I mean, how can you sit and learn something? Like, for example, sitting down and having this conversation, even if our two glorious listeners weren't paying attention. Okay? I didn't even fucking know that about the lines and shit undersea, et cetera, et cetera. So there's things that just having a conversation, that I'm going to learn from you. You may learn from me. And, you know, that's just by sitting down, putting all the other shit aside, and we're just two people sitting across from one another, looking at each other, talking, having a conversation. But, you know, the problem with, with a lot of our generation is that you know, they don't want to do that. They're uncomfortable. They don't know really how to socialize. They've been coddled and, you know, kept up by their fucking parents. And they've never really been uncomfortable. They've never really been forced to be in a social situation. They just cling. And so they cling to their fucking phone. It's, a, it's like a binky. Yeah. It's safe. So those pull <laughs> that's through. Best,
1: that's the best analogy I've ever heard for it. It's, it's true. When it gets it's, uncomfortable, you just... It's
0: fucking pop your little binky out, you know, and, and y- there you go. You're set. Yeah. And so they'll scroll through and shit because it's comforting. It's comforting because if they're uncomfortable, maybe, uh, you know, like Brad's old roommate, <laughs> like you don't have anything really substantial to add to a conversation. So you just do either walk, you either, you know, revoke your, your role in the conversation or you just fucking have... You just fill the void with, with artificial shit like Snapchat or Instagram or whatever because it's, it's skin deep. It doesn't require thought. So these people just troll this shit all day they, they or rather stroll it. They just stroll it. They look at it. That's all they do is obsess over it. They're, they're caught up in online validation. They're caught up in the validation of people who don't even matter and they feed their life off of it. Their entire life, all these people's lives revolve around fucking phones. You know and how how other people feel about them that's it so everyone no one has actual everyone's confidence nowadays in our generation stems from the opinions of other people in an online medium, most of which they don't they have little to no actual human interaction with yeah you know I don't give a shit I don't care I don't care what anyone in that I, that I don't know thinks about me but yet. People dwell off that shit, and you, are, you have to think it's it's a self-destructive pattern because a lot of these people go into, you know, they go into these social media profiles and whatever, all this shit like Instagram, etc., and they, they really thrive off that validation, and then, you know, when they see the likes go down and the, and the comments go down, start to dwindle, you know, it hurts, and they, they get depressed, and they really, truly feed off of it. It's ego. It's, it's truly ego, and they're just ill-prepared, you know, and, and anyway, leading back to our original point, I, th- I honestly think that's why this whole Uncanny Valley shit has, has developed over the years, and I think that's why it will continue to develop. I think it's going to play an ever-growing role in society because it's a toxic combination of people who are ill-prepared for life, people who are woefully, woefully fucking socially trained. It is dismal. I can't. Even friends I've had for years—I'm talking years—I will talk to them, and it—it it, it's painful. Like it 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 hurts. It hurts to talk to them because of either how little they have to say or how bad they're they're they do at
1: it. Yeah, you know, they have no have fucking like, idea. You have to like ask them questions. Yeah. To get them to say anything. Oh yeah. Yeah they
0: they have so little to say, and you know, and and that's the irony is that people. People will talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. But they don't really say shit. Nothing really happens. Yeah. It's just words. You know? That's all it is. And then, you know, it ties into our our culture. We live in the most disgustingly materialistic culture I've ever seen in my yeah. fucking life. Everyone does everything for aesthetic purposes. No one does anything because just to feel something, just to feel alive, just to, because it matters.
1: Well, you know, it's important. when I was down in Charleston last weekend... There's some money down there. And I went out to this restaurant, and this family comes in. Right? And so it's two parents and two kids. And this, the older kid, he's probably maybe 16 or 17 years old. He's a little overweight. You know, he's maybe 5'9", 170 pounds. Not too bad. Um. But he's got this belt on that's got a big, you know, the Gucci. Oh, yeah. It's a Gucci belt. It's got the Gucci belt buckle right there. And me and my friend were sitting at the table and looking at the student and we were like, How much do you think that belt costs? And we were we were guessing and then we we looked up
0: If it's real, it's fucking yeah. nuts.
1: We looked up Gucci belts we started scrolling through. Five hundred dollars for this dude's belt.
0: That's way lower than I would have expected.
1: And he's like seventeen, so you know he keep with his experience he can't get a job maybe he's working retail maybe he's making three hundred dollars a week but i'm i'm betting he's still in high school so he, he can't work full time right so there's no way he bought this thing himself so his parents bought him this and so i'm thinking god damn like who the fuck who what who the, what kind of parents buys their kid a 500 hundred dollar belt for the fuck of it
0: my parents not to me my brother is that person
1: my brother is legitimately
0: that exact person
1: I'm not fucking joking. Yeah, but it's like now this kid's going to grow up and he's going to have no concept of the value of money. He's yeah, going to graduate I, high school.
0: You're literally describing my brother. This is him. Okay. Like, sorry. Sorry, brother. I love you deep down, but uh, just there's two people listening. This doesn't matter. I want to give you a demonstration of what this culture is like. Okay, this is my brother. You know, every and this is... I say this and, and I don't mean this out of be, to be an asshole. I don't mean this to be a spiteful prick i'm not a I'm not that type of person. you know I, I like to analyze things and, and learn from them and, and grow. and the reason I bring all this up and we've sort of shifted from the uncanny valley I think to this is because I feel like they're heavily tethered to one another, and one is a causation of the other. one's the result of of the other, and this is why. You know, he's a good guy deep down. He is. And he's just I know him. He's just lonely. He really just wants to be loved and wants to you know, he had a bad breakup and stuff, and I empathize. I've I've been there. I know it's some more personal note, but I've been there, I've lived it. I totally understand where he's come from. It's difficult. And he still lives where I grew up, and it's hard there. You know, there's not a lot of people. It's difficult to find someone. But he's just caught in this trap of where he is unwilling i wouldn't say incapable that's too harsh but i would say certainly unwilling to learn he texted me the other day and you know asked me some stuff about like where where you think i could find somebody and you know he's clearly he's not looking to just hook up he really wants stability and loyalty and i respect that and he said you know where where's like a good online dating site and i suggested okcupid which it really is for free it honestly is, is pretty good um he's like cool thanks you know, he's, he's looking for something more substantial but anyway you know, it's, it's a term it's called affluenza I'm not fucking joking I know this sounds uh, crazy affluenza as a, a psychological malaise supposedly affecting wealthy young people symptoms of which include a lack of motivation feelings of guilt and a sense of isolation I know this is a bit um, you know removed from well no from I like this topic yeah. I have a few so, things to say about it anyway it it really blew up because of this guy. Uh let's see if I can find his name. Ethan Couch. He just popped back up in the news. He, he was a young kid, uh, you know, t- teenager, like 17, 16, 17, 18, something like that, maybe 19. He was in a Lamborghini, and if I'm not mistaken, he hit and killed several people. He lived, and uh, he got off, at least at the top, at the top things may have changed but recently or, or at least then like he he got off no big deal i think they like may have went to Mexico fled to mexico for a time i'm not entirely sure if you really want to know more details you know look it up but anyway the more important i'm not here to give fucking facts and statistics on ethan couch the, the more important terminology here is affluenza which you know it, this came to light many years ago but it sort of popped back up with this guy and Describing my brother is very much real. I I certainly believe it. It, It's psychological, but it's real within the context of being psychological. I firmly believe this is a true, frankly, epidemic because, as Rogan has said, really it is the fucking greatest time to be alive. 100%. And life is, frankly, too easy. We're living on fucking easy mode. That's the reality of it. You know, I'll get into the story in a minute about the shit in Zimbabwe. I've been meaning to tell you anyway, which is fucking Mm -hmm. nuts. The dude I talked to at work the other day blew my fucking mind, which, by the way, will be literal as well. So fucking put a pin in that. Make sure I come back to that story because it will sort of lead. It's like a contrast to this. Mm -hmm. So affluenza. Right. Uh, Psychological malaise, et cetera, et cetera. Hundred percent believe this. What happens is, and I could say this, you know, my dad, he's had a lot of success in his life. He's been pretty Successful, wealthy, etc. And I followed a route where I wanted to, you know, contribute to that. I wanted to help, and that's why you know, work with him, and we do our thing. And I help with that business, you know that. But my brother doesn't. He, like his life, genuinely every day, without exaggeration, and I mean this with no ill intent, is he wakes up probably at two o'clock in the afternoon, maybe three, four. smokes a bunch of weed he'll come down to my parents house he lives right up the hill from him and he'll bum a bunch of money off of him and weed maybe too and then he'll go to fucking walmart or he'll come down here to the city i live in and he doesn't even fucking say hey what's up doesn't want to hang out he'll come down here last time he was down here uh i met up with him and he bought a fucking diamond golden diamond chain that had a mario like, the game character, Mario Head, it was $1,500 he paid for that chain. It's fucking Ooh. stupid, you know? And, you know, he takes a lot of pride. He loves it. He's He's got, like, problems with drugs, et cetera. And I feel for him. I'm not, again, I'm not bullying him. Like, I genuinely am sympathetic. I I care. And it's hard to watch, but he's eaten up with these feelings of just, he's malaise, like, part of it's drugs and drug usage and also just... Uh, laziness. And what has happened is his father is successful enough to where he's been, my dad's always been a very busy guy, but he's been pretty successful. And as a result, he never really taught us anything. Uh, I just mostly taught myself along the way, but my brother really never had the desire to learn. He never wanted to really grow or learn anything. So rather than, you know, a father as he should teaching the child to do something, he really just He never taught him anything, you know. He'd just say, well, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. I'll do it for you. And so he did and still does. And as a result, my brother really has no understanding. He doesn't really have any skills or knowledge. He's not stupid by any measure. He's actually a pretty fucking sharp kid, you know. He's just lazy. He thinks that, well, why should I get my hands dirty when someone else can do it for me? Because he's been prepped that way. He's been groomed that way. He's been taught that even though he doesn't understand that, you know, when our father's not here anymore, he'll he'll drown. He'll struggle greatly. He, maybe he knows that deep down. Either way, affluenza, uh, the feeling of malaise. Certainly, he does nothing. I mean, he, when I say he has no life, I genuinely mean it. He gets up, he, he does drugs, he goes and spends money. He's stuck within a void of materialism. Uh, it's it's a disease. I really firmly believe it's a disease, and consequently. He's pushed everyone away because he knows that whether you choose to acknowledge it or not, we do at least subconsciously
1: judge others. We can't help it. It's human nature. Well, I actually found a study from the University of Michigan on this exact same thing. And what they did was they would get participants to say, okay, let's say you're going to go meet some new people. Which of these three watches would you wear? And they go up and they tell them the price of the watches, and they look um, correlatively better the more expensive they get. And most people, as you would expect, chose the more expensive watch. And like, in their heads, they thought that wearing the more expensive watch would present them, make people like them more, would be more likely to help the people they meet become friends with them. Right. And then they asked the exact same participants, if you were going to have a guy come up to you and try to make friends with you, which of the three watches would you rather him be wearing? And everyone, for the most part, chose the cheapest watch. So and it's 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 so contradictory because it's like they know the type of person they want to be friends with. They don't want some douchebag that's that's flashing all this shit. But when it came to what they would want to do, and so it's counterintuitive. We think that having expensive things would make us more likable and make us have more friends, but it's actually the opposite. Yeah, which is indicative of uh, it's it's obvious because those are the people that we seek ourselves. But it's so funny because people know it. Yeah. They, they know that they don't want to be Humans friends. Humans are walking contradictions. Yeah.
0: Dichotomous creatures. Like they know yeah. they don't want. It
1: blew my It was the same it's, people yeah. in the study. They know they don't want to be friends with people who flash their shit, but yet they it's wanted true. to. It's true. And, and, you
0: know, he's a testament to that. Every, you know, just to briefly go through like, Everything is about, every picture is the same. And again, I'm not picking on him. I care. I genuinely, as his brother, like I'm g- deeply concerned. I care. I want what's best for him. I want him to be happy. Uh, and I'd, I'd do whatever within reason to to help him be happy. But instead, everything is about, you know, he's got a fucking diamond pinky ring. There's the fucking expensive Mario necklace I just told you about. You know, everything's brands. You know, everything he has is like, it's a fucking brand. Everything, you notice, like, they did a study on that as well. Like, people, the more wealthy you are, uh, wealthier people don't want you to see the brands that they have. Mm-hmm. Okay? But not these poor, I mean, you know, or our dad is or anything, but he wants you to see the brand, you know, the people, those people, like you said, that desire to be liked and that innate desire. And everything, you see, every picture is the same. Every picture again, I'm not picking on him, I'm just pointing out facts. Every picture is of himself. What is what does he have on? A fucking bulletproof vest. <laughs> that says surrender I it was. your soul. So every picture is of himself looking extremely sad. It's either of a front selfie of his face, or him in a mirror showing you his outfit, flexing for the gram, as I said. And they're always within his house. He's just in his house, or he's in a fucking store shopping for clothes, as you can see there. grab his dogs, maybe there's his house. You know, it's just, it's just, or he's in a car on the way somewhere to buy shit. You know, and again, I just, you see, you see what I'm saying. It, and no, and, and as I indicated earlier, no one's commenting. It's it's just him. No one's hardly anyone likes it. And again, I'm not picking on him for being
1: unpopular or something like. I'm just pointing out. How many the likes tr- does he get? One. One. One like. I mean, like on average, how many likes does he get? Okay, look,
0: none, none, none,
1: oh, none. I Two, actually, one. I actually feel kind of bad. Six because it's his dog, right? Well, how many See, followers does he have?
0: 123.
1: Oh, he has more followers than me. I but get
0: The point <laughs> is, the point is is that these people I, I don't I'm not picking on them, not being an asshole. It's I I believe it's a disease. It's a cultural disease. The need, the obsession to be noticed, to be liked, to be validated because, you know, my dad, he's a he's a fucking hard-knock dude. He's a rough guy and He's from an older generation, and he does not like a lot of people. He's a very uh, mercurial man, and frankly, he respects almost no one. It's a, a Herculean task to to garner this man's respect. I did it because, you know, I proved myself as a man. I worked my way up in the world. I became someone to respect. I became someone that was worthy of respect and, uh, you know, became relatable and likable through those avenues, but instead you know his generation even though we're you know he's only a few years younger than me he's actually turns uh, i think 25 and a little bit after you after your birthday but he's not a bad guy you know he's he's a sweet kid under the surface he's just consumed with loneliness and materialism and the materialism is consequent It's subsequent, rather, to the loneliness, where his father never pushed him or challenged him or held any standard. When I was a kid, if I didn't get good grades, you know, it was my ass because they expected better of me because I was a good student for the most part. He was rebellious and didn't give a fuck. And so the bar was extremely low. So if he got anything above an F, it was, you know, it was a good time. It was it was fine. You know so they held him to a low standard. you know he dropped out of high school, et cetera and as a result, he ne- he was never upheld to any standard. There is no bar, there is nothing there is no measure that he's held to. and as you can see, like every every fucking picture is just you, you just fucking look into his this is it look in me me in the eyes maybe you can see the real finally like it's it's sad man like i'm not all i can feel is just empathy and heartbreak for anybody in this position anyone not just him anyone in a similar position it doesn't undo some of the fucked up terrible things he's done definitely he has um but honestly like i just i just want to see everyone grow and and be happy and The irony is, he has a picture on here. You know, it'd take me a while to find it, but the the gist of it is right here: evolve, transform, change, don't be or live stagnant. Okay. And every fucking picture, as you can see, is a selfie of him (laughs) alone in his fucking house, stagnant. (laughs) So it's either people are painfully, painfully unaware of their own actions, or rather more accurately, inaction, or. They just shove it deep down, and I honestly believe it's the latter, like I think that deep down he's a smart enough kid to where he has all this time, you know, even if he's high for most of it, he's definitely reflecting at points and probably largely depressed as a result. I know he's depressed, but rather than do anything to to grow or change, even though he preaches it on his fucking post and whatnot, he's not going to as I've said so many times before, it requires effort. And, you know, I have friends who fall into that category as well where they, they'll they preach one thing like the one I was talking about before, preaching about, you know, fucking growing and changing and, you know, traveling and it, you, you become smarter and you expand your mind. And then when I offer the notion of doing so, he rejects it and, and makes up an excuse to not do it. You know, that's the world we live in. Everyone wants to be... A fucking prophet. Everybody wants to be uh, a fucking rock star. Everybody wants to be the fucking guy or the or the or the main bitch, like whoever, whatever you want to be. But when it boils down to it, nobody understands the core concept, and that is to really truly experience euphoria and, and pleasure. You just have to hurt. I've said it a hundred million times. It's you have to hurt, and all this uncanny valley shit, blah blah blah. That's really what it boils down to. You, these are people who don't want to hurt. These are people who are risk averse, like him, who want to play it safe. He doesn't want to take an actual risk. I, I when he asked, you know, where can I meet women, etc., I offered to him, "Hey, man, come down this Saturday. This Saturday, come down. We'll go out. I'll, I'll, chill with you. I'll help you out. I'll wingman you. Whatever you need, whatever you need, you know. Instead, he, you know, he wants to play it safe. He wants to play by his rules. He doesn't want to pop his head outside. He doesn't, you know, he, he thinks that the world's going to present itself to him. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't, you know, this fucking great glorious boon will not fall in your lap, in your hands. You've got to take it. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's why we have fucking weird sex dolls that are super realistic and why people fuck weird sex dolls that are super realistic because they don't want to feel, they don't want to hurt, they don't want to take risks. They want to do this shit. They want to post the same fucking monotonous picture, live the same fucking monotonous life every day. Not because they want to, but because it's what they know. And because they're so desperately eaten up with materialism and isolation and a longing for validation, this insatiable yearning, that they're too preoccupied, much like the uh, Snapchat Storytime fellow you are telling me about, with the notion of validation that they don't actually want to put the fucking phone down and learn something or experience something real you know and the the grand irony of this is that many of his posts are about that you know a lot of it is you know as you see here don't be getting caught up don't get caught up in being someone you're not over someone that isn't even real in the first place you know just a lot of shit about he sounds like a fucking scorned girl about like oh you know you girls say you want to chill and you don't and blah 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 just rather than feeling slighted by life and upset and, and depressed and taking your anger out on some fucking fictitious concept preconceived notion of what you think women are like why the fuck do you walk outside and talk to one you know see what it's really like that, anyway that's all i'm saying into that rant <laughs> into that fucking rant i could go on forever but i'm passionate about it because it's close to my heart you know I talk about it a lot, and I circle back to that concept a lot when we talk because I, I believe it to be a mental disease. It is a true, true disease. And these people need help, honestly. They don't need likes and validation. That's not what's gonna help. They need to learn to love themselves. They need to learn to respect themselves. And frankly, you have some dignity, some pride, some goals, man. You know, That's the biggest thing is when everybody wipes your ass for you, you, know, you really don't care. You don't have any fucking goals anymore. That's what's happened. People have no sense of pride, you know? I don't know. I don't it, it 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 is a good time to be alive, but it's unfortunate that people are too blind to recognize that. Yeah, there's just a lack
1: of gratitude, essentially. Yeah, And finally.
0: All um, right, I guess we'll wrap it up there. That sounds like a good place. All right, see you all next time.